Thank you for listening to the preaching ministry of Oxford Baptist Church with our pastor, Andy Brown. We pray you'll be blessed as you apply these truths to your life. Aren't you glad that God is faithful? Even when we are faithless, God is faithful. The Bible says in Timothy, because he cannot deny himself. Would you take your Bible, please, and turn to Matthew chapter 5 today. Matthew chapter 5, and we will be concentrating and focusing on Matthew 5, 31 through 32. Thank you, Steve, and the praise team for singing about the faithfulness of God. Because today, we get to look at something that is very controversial. Today, we get the God-ordained privilege of seeing what our Lord has to say about divorce. Now, let me say that word again. Divorce. It's a bit of a dirty word, isn't it? Doesn't it just sound sort of dirty when we say it? It's one of those words that is a word of aversion. It's one of those words that we like to avoid at all costs. Divorce. Maybe just the thought of, of hearing that word divorce, maybe in your minds, just the thought, it brings up a painful memory. Maybe for others, it sounds like a relief. Maybe for others, it's so difficult that you really wish that right now I wasn't even talking about divorce. We wish that we would take Matthew chapter 5 and 31 through 32 and just go over those and come back to it at a later time. But I want to ask, who do you think divorce is harder on? Do you think it's harder on the man, the woman, the children, the in-laws? Who do you think divorce is easiest on? I want to read you a few quotes from a few individuals to hear what they have to say about divorce. Listen to what they say. Regular breakups are awful. Separation or divorce is weeks of crying yourself to sleep into a pillow in a rented room. Another individual says it's just awful. The betrayal of someone rolling you over and taking all your stuff and realize that all those promises you made at a fancy ceremony surrounded by your family and friends mean nothing if he or she falls out of love with you. Another individual said, all your dreams die. Think about how that feels. You stand in an empty home that was supposed to be filled with laughter, good times, children, a future. Now it's just an empty home. Everyone puts on a brave face, but you know deep down that you are broken on a very fundamental level. It's pretty scary. It's very lonely. It changes you. Perhaps the best one we say for last, listen to this poor individual. Emotionally, it was devastating. I was with her for 24 years. 18 of those were married. In my heart and my head, I was committed forever. We have kids who were hurt very badly and are still struggling nearly seven years later. It's a brutal thing. Who cares about the financial aspects that last a few years and then you move forward? It's the destruction of the family that is the real disaster. It's the destruction of the family. That's the real disaster. Divorce is terrible. I don't have to convince you of that. We know that. 
Because we live in a culture that really, in some cases, looks at divorce as if it's just nothing to it. Divorce is terrible. It hurts all parties involved. Matter of fact, I've heard some who have been divorced who are going through divorce. They've told me that divorce, they feel like that death would be easier than divorce. Because sometimes when someone dies, there at least is a final moment. Divorce can last and bring you through the muck and the mud for years and years and years. And as I was preparing this message today, looking through it, and it's so wonderful here we are at this expository message where you've been going through Matthew from the beginning and you've seen. So this is the, the confidence that I have as a pastor. I'm not picking on anyone here. I'm simply taking the Word of God and bringing it before you today. This is just where we happen to be. And hopefully I've been preaching long enough this way to know that where we happen to be just may be in the providence of God right where you need to hear. But I've been preaching now for nearly a decade from behind a pulpit full-time, and this is only the third time in my notes that I've preached on divorce. And I think there's a reason for that. It's a touchy subject. Divorce is one of those subjects that we would rather not talk about. It's, It's very touchy. It's intimate. It's intricate. But listen to me carefully today. Thankfully, even though it's a touchy subject for us, Thankfully, it is not beyond the touch of Jesus. Thankfully, Jesus is not afraid to talk about divorce. Thankfully, Jesus is not afraid to come personally to us and tell us what He has to say in His Word. Now listen carefully. This is in the text. Understand the way I'm preaching is just verse by verse, line by line. Divorce is in the text and If we believe that every word of this Bible matters, then if we really believe that, then we will long to hear. No, even beyond longing to hear, we will pant to hear. We will be thirsty to hear what our Lord has to say to us from His Word today. And so let's go. In Matthew chapter 5, begin in verse 31, and we will read verse 31 and 32. It was also said, Whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. I say to you, everyone who divorces his wife except on the ground of sexual immorality makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We pray for grace for this moment because we want to hear your word. Help me to preach it well. If there's one here who doesn't know you today, may today be the day of salvation for them. We praise you and love you and thank you already for what you're going to do by the time we get to the end of this message. In Jesus' name, amen. How do you take those few verses and try to capture in one message what Jesus is saying about divorce? How do you do it? And I think the best way that I know how to do it is just to simply say this. Listen carefully to me. For ruptured relationships, for relationships that have been ruptured, healing is here. For relationships that have been ruptured, healing is here. So what I'm going to do right off the bat is I'm going to, I'm going to give you the entire message in a nutshell. I'm going to tell you what the whole message is about before we move forward. And I'll probably say it again, I'll repeat it again, but here it is. Listen closely. Divorce. That is, when a couple at odds with one another so deeply, regardless of the circumstances, 
A couple at odds with one another so deeply that they seek to end their lives together is a vivid picture of the relationship that we had with God that because of our sinfulness has been severed. And that is a relationship that Christ Jesus has come to put back together. So divorce, there's not a clear picture that I know of the ruptured relationship that we have with God. And when a man and a woman are so at odds with one another, they seek to end their lives together. That's a perfect picture of our ruptured relationship with God. And so, Jesus has come into our world of brokenness and He has come to put what was ruptured back together again. And so, for every broken heart, Jesus is here. To bring healing. So from Jesus' teaching on divorce, I want to teach you this morning three truths about how Jesus is coming to heal our ruptured relationships. And number one this morning, and hopefully you're taking notes, number one this morning, Jesus comes to the hardest parts of our life with healing. Don't forget this. We celebrate here at Oxford Baptist Church every Sunday the fact that in a specific point in time, in the fullness of time, a promised time finally came. It was in the past, but it was promised from generations before He came. In the fullness of time, God would do something about a world that was broken. He would send Jesus in. And so you and I, we may be timid about approaching all the intricacies of a topic like divorce. And if we're real honest today, the Bible's teaching on marriage, divorce, remarriage, if you think about the whole Bible, what it says about it, that is one of the most counter-cultural messages that you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, the church, have been charged with and commissioned with to take to the world. But let me say this. Our society needs this Word. Our world needs the clear teaching of Jesus. And wherever Jesus speaks, because we follow Him, we cannot be silent. We have to speak. So I don't want you to raise your hand this morning. But I just want you to think very clearly in your heart. How many of you have been touched personally by divorce? How many of you come from broken homes? How many of you are thinking about a divorce right now? How many of you are thinking about a divorce or maybe you know someone who is thinking about a divorce? This is such a touchy subject. There's all kind of angles that we could come at it. And I know already maybe perhaps you're sitting there and you're thinking all these different angles. What about, what about? And, and all these different angles we could come about it. And there's so many. But this subject is so delicate for us. But thankfully, thankfully this subject is not beyond the reach of a God who will come to outstretch His arms so far as to be hung between two thieves on an old rugged cross. He's come into our world. He's come into our brokenness to, so that He could personally live, breathe, and die for you and me. As Corey Ten Boom famously said, there's no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. And God has come to the hardest parts of our life with healing. Jesus has come to a world that has been broken. And He's come to take the world that was broken and put it back 
together again. Like a bone. He's come to take the bone that's broken, set it back in place so that that bone can have the blood flow that it needs, so that it can flourish, so that it can work, so that it can be what it needs to be. Jesus, what's He doing here when He's talking about divorce? Do you feel what He's doing? He's getting personal with us. You know why? Because He's a personal God. That's the reason. He's getting personal with us because He wants us to know who He is. He wants us to know the healing that He brings. Divorce, families that are broken, is an epidemic today. And some think that the institution of marriage has just recently come under attack, but with all the new legislation that's coming out of the Supreme Court and all that stuff. But those of us who know the Bible and who've lived long enough, we know better than that. The institution of marriage has been under attack. The erosion of marriage has been happening ever since the Garden of Eden. And there may be even some who think that things are worse now than they were during the time of Jesus. So you may think, well, Jesus, He doesn't really know what He's talking about here. This is an ancient text, an antiquated text. What does what Jesus had to say 2,000 years ago have to do with my situation today? But that may not be the complete story. Jesus came into a culture that held marriage very loosely. This is why He says, you've heard that it was said, but I say to you. You see, there was an interpretation that was very popular during Jesus' day. According to this interpretation that was popular in Jesus' day, this is remember, they were interpreting what God had intended. And so this is how they interpreted it. And this is how they would teach the Jewish men. This is what they would say. If your wife's a bad cook, divorce her. If your wife doesn't wear your, the, her hair the way that you think that she should, divorce her. Those simple things, according to one interpretation of what God intended, those things were grounds for divorce. And it even gets better than that. And some of you ladies are really going to love this. I know that when I shared this with my wife, she almost took her crutch and hit me in the head. She just had knee surgery. But anyway, I have to be careful when I'm talking about these things. According to one commentator I read, listen to this, a married Jewish man was permitted to have sexual relations with another woman as long as the woman was not married. And then it wouldn't be considered adultery. But, guess what? If the woman had relations with anyone for any reason, that was grounds for divorce. So some of you may be thinking something opposite today. You may be thinking, well, (laughs) maybe the world that we live in today is a little better than the world that Jesus stepped into. And if it is, I don't know, maybe. Let me say this, and this is another sermon for another day. If the world that we live in is better than that day, it's because Jesus came and said what He said. Here's the point. Jesus has come into our brokenness. The world is shattered. The world is broken. Jesus has come into our brokenness and He has come with healing. Don't ever forget the Gospel is Good news. I won't ever forget, and I've I've preached a lot, and I I remember preaching one time at a funeral, and I was standing behind, didn't know the person, didn't even know if there was really anyone in the casket. I'd never met the family before. Here I am preaching, and I won't ever forget, someone came came up to me, and they said, thank you so much for preaching good news today. And all I did was preach Christ crucified, resurrected, and coming again. That's all. It shouldn't surprise us that Christ has come to bring us good news. And so Jesus has come. He has, I don't want you to miss this. He has come into this world that is so filled full of brokenness and depravity. And when He came, 
He came with healing. Listen to what uh, the way that Isaiah describes the ministry of Jesus in Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. By the way, Jesus reads this in Luke, saying that the Scripture is fulfilled in your hearing today. Listen to what Isaiah describes the ministry of Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. To do what? To bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and to the opening of prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. This is what Jesus has come to do. This is the ministry of Jesus, to come into a world that's dark so that He can be the brightest light. And this is what the Sermon on the Mount is all about. Don't forget where we are. And I know probably by now, since we've been in the Sermon on the Mount for, uh, since, you know, who knows how long, you're probably Matthew chapter 5 in your Bible. Your Bible probably opens just to Matthew chapter 5 now, because that's where we spent most of our time. But don't forget that this is what the Sermon on the Mount is all about. And by the way, Jesus says what he says about divorce in the context of the Sermon on the Mount. And so what is the context that Jesus is saying what He's saying about divorce? The most immediate context of those wonderful things that we call Beatitudes. Now what are the Beatitudes? Because I know that we need a reminder. The Beatitudes are those blessed statements that they reveal God's intention for man. An intention that God is accomplishing through the Lord Jesus Christ. Go back just for a minute in your Bible. Flip back if you have to to Matthew chapter 5. Look at the Beatitudes for just a glance at them for just a moment. Just take some time. Look at them. They all begin with blessed are, blessed are. Look at those statements. Just read over a couple of them. We need to ask a question. How do those characteristics fit with what Jesus is saying about divorce? guy by the name of John Chrysostom, one of my favorite preachers. His last name was not Chrysostom. Chrysostom is a title. His name was Golden Mouth. He was the Golden Mouth preacher. By the way, he wasn't given that title until a couple of hundred years after he died. That's when they finally called him Chrysostom. But anyway, John said this. Listen to what he said. For he that is meek and a peacemaker poor in spirit and merciful, how shall he cast out his wife? He that is used to reconcile others, how shall he be at variance with her who is his own? Listen, we live in a world that knows divorce. Every time I preach a funeral, here's something that I say. You've probably heard this. Death is a natural part of life. Have you ever heard that? That's absolutely wrong. Here's what I say when I preach funerals. Death is not the way God intended things to be, and so He sent His Son to undo death. It's not natural. It's unnatural. It's all that we know. And for us, that we live in a culture that is so filled full of divorce, it's almost happenstance, right? It's it's all that we know. We live in a world that knows divorce. But Jesus has come, and in His coming, He has come to usher in a new day. And that's the second point this morning. Number two, Jesus has come to remind us that you and I, we're made for more. What's He doing? 
He's reminding us that we were made for more. I want you to think back to your wedding day. For those of you who are not married but one day intend to be, think about that day as if it's coming. Think about that. For those of you who are single, you don't have to worry about divorce. Amen? All right. I think about my own wedding day. And by the way, let me say this before I move on. For those of us who are married, listen carefully to me. We are always in danger of divorce because we live in a broken world. Be on guard. This message is for all of us. But think about your wedding day. I think about my own wedding day. It's a happy day. Here we were, my wife and I, we graduated college. Fixing to get ready to move to seminary. We moved out of our dorm into my parents' house. From my parents' house, we moved to North Carolina. It was a wonderful time. And then from there, we stayed there six months and moved again. It was great. I remember my own wedding day, graduating, preparing for ministry. And really, at that moment, it was so hard for me as a college student to write my senior thesis because I'd already put a ring on my girl's hand, you know. And man, I was all I could hear was wedding bells. That's all I could hear. Yeah, let's go through the counseling. Yeah, that's fine. That's great. Let's do all that. But all I could hear in my mind were those wedding bells. And you can relate to that kind of couple, right? You can relate to that kind of couple. In the words of my hometown hero, Alan Jackson, two young people without a thing say some vows and then they spread their wings. They're just living on love, right? We can relate to those kind of people. They're so enamored with one another and they're so ready to spend their lives together that nothing else matters. They are ready to conquer any obstacle. They're ready to climb any mountain. All they can hear is those wedding bells and they're running to the altar. On the flip side, the dark side, it is so difficult for a couple who is at odds with one another to hear anything but the lie of our culture Divorce, quick and easy. Get out! $4.99. That's all you have to pay. Jesus has come into this world and He has said, You have heard that it was said, but I say to you, don't get over that. Don't quickly move beyond that. You have heard that it was said, but I, who is the great I am, say to you, thank God that He said what he said. You know, Jesus, He's come to show us that our lives and our lives together, they are meant for so much more. We wouldn't even know what marriage is if it wasn't for God. We wouldn't have a clue. It's not just about falling in love and, and you know, having rose petals everywhere and having, you know, dancing on rainbow, whatever the case may be. It's not that. It's so much more than that. I wish we could spend all of our life in Jamaica on honeymoon, but, you know, we got three kids. Marriage is so much more than those things. And those of you who've been married, you know that. We wouldn't even know what marriage is if it wasn't for Jesus coming and telling us. If it wasn't for God who ordained this institution, we've received this word from Him, and so we're not left in the dark as if, what are we supposed to do with our marriage? We know, because God's told us marriage is intended to be a picture of the forever that we will spend with God. A forever that Christ has come and He's come to clear the way as well as invite us into this forever with Him. This is what marriage is. It's about God showing the world the forever that we will have with Him. Some of you are probably saying, now, now wait a minute, Pastor. 
really talking a lot about marriage, but you need to look at the verse again. You need to remember where we are. And I know where we are. We are at the exception clause. We're at that point, at the place in Scripture where Jesus provides a way of escape for a ruptured relationship, right? Look at what it says here in Matthew 5. What's Jesus say here? I say to you, everyone who divorces his wife, except on the grounds of sexual immorality. Ah, see? The exception clause. I want to ask you a question, and I want us to think. Is that the whole picture of what is going on here? So in order for us to better understand marriage, I think that we need to look at another place. It's in Matthew. And we're going to, by the way, as we continue on, by the time we're 85 and we finally get there, uh, well, I'll be 85, I don't know how old y'all will be, but anyway, by the time we finally get to Matthew chapter 19, we'll look there and we'll see it. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 19. I just want to read it very briefly and just give a, a couple of comments about it because I believe that Matthew 5, 31 and 32 is just a synopsis, it's just a snapshot of a further revealed saying of what Jesus is going to say later. Listen to what He says. I'm not, I don't have time to spend a lot of time here, but let me just say this. Listen to what it says. And it'll be up on the screen for you in, in case your fingers aren't fast enough. But write it down if they're not. Listen to the Word of the Lord. Now Jesus had finished these sayings. He went away from Galilee and He entered the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. Large crowds followed Him. And don't miss this. What did He do? He healed them. Okay. So what's the context that we're fixing to get into? Jesus coming and bringing healing. Don't miss that. And Pharisees came up to Him. By the way, when you're reading the Bible and you see Pharisees came up to Him, it's never a good thing. Remember, these are the guys that are going to put Him to death later. All right? The Pharisees came up to Him and they tested Him by asking, Is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? That's the exception, right? Listen to what Jesus says. Have you not read... That He who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Whoa! Jesus didn't answer that question, did He? And so they... Have a follow-up. And any good question and answer time, here's the follow-up. And so, they said to him, Then why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send her away? And he said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed. He didn't say command. That's important. Allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery. The disciples who were there, they're picking up on what Jesus is saying, and so they said to him, if such is the case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, not everyone can receive this saying, but only those to whom it is given. I don't know about you, but just, just by the way that that verse up there looks, not everyone 
can receive this saying, but only to those whom it's given. I want to be one who can receive what Jesus is saying, don't you? Jesus, listen carefully. And this is where we get a little intricate, so I hope you're paying attention. Jesus is not giving an excuse for divorce. You know what he's doing? Jesus is upholding the beauty of what God intended marriage to be. Listen carefully. Never does the Bible command divorce. The Bible provides a concession for divorce, but never a command. Pharisees, those who are lovers of self and not lovers of God. By the way, Jesus came for the Pharisees too. There's salvation available for them too. But Pharisees begin with the exception. They're the ones who focus on the exception. They're trying to find the loopholes in what Jesus says. But Jesus, from Matthew 19, shows the permanence of marriage. Listen to what a very good preacher by the name of Martin Lloyd-Jones, listen to what he said. He introduced a temporary legislation because of the conditions then prevailing. God controlled it. It was exactly the same as we have seen with regard to an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. It was a tremendous innovation at that time. But in reality, don't miss this, in reality, it was God leading the people back to the direction of His original pronouncement. In reality, it was God leading the people back in the direction of His original pronouncement. So what does this mean? What do we take from all that? Even in the concession, even in this exception clause, what's God doing? What's undergirding it? God is leading us back to His purpose. And by the way, in a culture that says you can get divorced for whatever reason, do you see what God is doing? You see, out of all the reasons in the world for divorce that so many can come up with and so many do come up with, Jesus gives only one. Don't be preoccupied with the exception. Be preoccupied with the gospel of grace. Be preoccupied with forgiveness. Be preoccupied with reconciliation. Be preoccupied with the power of God to conquer any and every difficulty. Be preoccupied with God before you ever get into marriage. I really wish that more would listen to Jesus' teaching. Those of you who are young and not married yet, I really wish that you'd listen closely to what Jesus is saying. In our culture that really says, you know, marriage, you know, whatever, uh, you know, you can get out of it quick if you'd make it. Listen to what Jesus is saying. I wish so hard that our churches were clear on what Jesus is saying and not hold up some exception clause if there's a way out if it doesn't work out. But really hold on to what Jesus is saying about marriage. And it would help us so far in our culture because I remember personally, and I'm going to share a personal story with you. My first time counseling someone who was going through some marital troubles. I forget. 
this lady, she comes to me. She is brought by another friend. I know both the ladies. One of the ladies was a, a former pastor's wife. Her husband was, is not in the ministry. He may be in the ministry now, but not anymore at that time. This other lady, she's brought by the pastor's wife to me, and she comes to me, and we go into a room, me and the two ladies, and the lady says, my husband has been unfaithful to me. And here I am, young pastor in my 20s. This lady, she begins to pour out her heart and tells me that her husband has been unfaithful to her with a woman, an underage girl. She's so underage that the authorities had to get involved. We wept together. I prayed with her. I cried with her. I hugged her. I looked her in the eyes and I told her, if there is any way that you can save your marriage, save it. If there is any way for you to reconcile the relationship that you have with your husband, take it. You wouldn't believe the pastor's wife, her friend who brought her to me, her face, as soon as I said that, wrinkled up and she looked with disgust at me and she said, you need to tell her to divorce him. The short of the story, that lady whose husband was unfaithful to her, he became one of the best members of my church. The most active member. The guy who would come to the Bible said, today they are working on their marriage. They're still together. The pastor's wife, it wasn't too long later that she separated from her own husband. Don't begin with the exception. Jesus didn't. Remember the Gospel. Jesus said that the concession was made for divorce because of the hardness of people's hearts. I don't want you to just gloss over that. There again, we're so accustomed to not being close to God that, you know, I just got a hard heart. That's all it is. And, you know, heartburn, take a little pill, get over it. Don't gloss over what Jesus is saying here. Why would we want to dwell in the place that Jesus has come to till up? Why would we desire an excuse to be a hard heart? Why would we think that hard-heartedness is an excuse when Jesus shed His blood on the cross and rose again to give us a new heart? God hates divorce. Divorce is contrary to the purpose of God. Remove it from your minds. Strike it from your dealings with your husband and your wife. And instead, focus on Jesus and not His concessions. Think about what Jesus is saying. And this is number three this morning. I've said this before and it's just good for you to write it down and to get it all this way. Jesus has come to begin to mend brokenness. Pay attention to the way that that's written. Begin to mend brokenness. And this word that we have here, listen carefully to me, this is a good word. It was a good word for that culture, and it is a good word for our culture. And it is still a counter-cultural word in our divorce culture. Because our culture doesn't understand marriage. And I just want to ask you a question. Here we are at the end of the message. And aren't you glad that Jesus has come to give us a word about marriage, relationships, divorce, remarriage? Aren't you glad that He's come to give us this word? And by the way, why don't you spend a lot of time in the word? Because I think it's pretty clear what He says. I think it's very clear what He says. There's no reason for us to play some kind of what I call hermeneutical, that is, biblical interpretation gymnastics and try to dismiss what Jesus is saying. He says what He says. 
says, and I am so glad that He has come to tell us what He says about divorce. He didn't come to tell us how to bake a cake, the best cake in the world, so that we could get a bunch of people to buy it and get rich. He didn't come tell us those things. He doesn't give us some fortune cookie saying so that we can put it on some t-shirt. He comes to into the, the brokenness of our world personally to begin healing the deepest wounds that our culture has. I want you to imagine just for a minute, and this is going to be hard, I know, Imagine a world without divorce. Jesus has come. Listen. Jesus has come to usher in a world where there will be no more ruptured relationships. Jesus has come to be the end of divorce. Jesus has come to take we who are far from Him, bring us back. You see, we may have heard it said, but I want you to listen to what the message of life says to us. This message is obviously not all that can be said about marriage. If you're interested, I encourage you to go hear more on our website, OxfordBaptistChurch.com, and I've preached an entire series on marriage and the gospel. It's a pretty good series. I think that our church grew from it. I know I had fun learning about it. You can visit it there. I'll give you my other notes if you want them from 1 Corinthians 7. Like I said, I don't have a lot that I've said about divorce. I've got more that I've said about marriage. I just like focusing on good things. This is obviously not all that can be said about marriage or the issue of divorce or remarriage. But this is what we do see, and don't miss this. What we see is that God never commands divorce. Marriage is permanent. Listen, listen to me, listen. The only concession for divorce is because of something that Jesus has come to undo. Hard-heartedness. Listen carefully. Listen. In those cases, Jesus responds with grace. And if He responds with grace, so should we. Listen carefully to your pastor. Divorce is not unforgivable. I know in some cultures and churches it's treated as if it is the unpardonable sin, but it's not. Divorce is not unforgivable. Listen carefully. Divorce is part of this world. But the sun is forever setting on this world filled full of divorce. And a new world is rising that Jesus has come bringing. The sun of righteousness, as Malachi says, is risen with healing in His wings. There is healing for ruptured relationships. Live in the light of the world that's coming. Would you pray with me? Father, we love You. We thank You. So much for teaching us, for giving us this word that is so countercultural, but a word that we need. Father, I pray and long for the day. And this day that you promised when there would be no more ruptured relationships, when there would be no more divorce would come. And may we as your people proclaim that that world is coming. And may we as your people Go out into a world filled with darkness and live our lives 
as a married couple, as ones who are seeking marriage, as those who are living in the light of the world that has already dawned, the world that is coming in Jesus' name. Father, for those here who have known the pain of divorce, I pray that they are focusing all their efforts on Jesus. 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 Father, for those here who don't know You, they stand in need of You. They are in a ruptured relationship with God, which is worse than anything else. And I pray for them now, O Lord. They know that they're not right with You. May they hear Your voice calling them today. Father, in the quietness of their hearts, may they answer back to Your call and say, Forgive me. Cleanse me. Store me to a right relationship with You. Father, this kind of invitation is one that I I just don't know what to do. Other than to just to ask you, Father, and plead with you that our church would be a church that is living in the light, basking in the glory of this new world that is coming. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing healing to our ruptured relationships. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. We pray God will use this message for His glory in your life. If you would like more information, please feel free to contact us at info at OxfordBaptistChurch.com. Oxford Baptist Church is located in Oxford, Georgia. If you're close, we'd love to meet you.